Hey, I appreciate you listening to the podcast. And just remember, if you need any help with investing or want a second opinion on your current investments, feel free to reach out to me at centurycitywealthmanagement.com. Have an awesome day. Hey, I want to welcome you to another episode of Money Matters Top Tips for Success, where I interview business owners, entrepreneurs, and executives and have them bring their top tips for success with you. Um, today, I'm really excited. I have Rachel Cook on the line, and she works in the crypto space um, area, and she's the founder and CEO of Seeds, Inc., and I'm really excited to get some information on what's going on in her arena. Um, Rachel, first, though, um, welcome to the show. Thanks, Adam. I'm excited to do it. Well, Let's just start out with, I like to get a feel, as I mentioned to you, business owners, entrepreneurs, executives, some people are entrepreneurs, some are thinking about going into business for themselves. That's really our audience for this podcast. Let's just start with, you know, your background as a, as an entrepreneur. Totally. Um, so I actually started out after college. Um, I was in the finance space. I was a futures and equities trader and so that was something I was doing on my own, you know, like I was working at a prop shop, but it was my, I was working with other traders, but it was sort of like the first step into the entrepreneurial world and that it was my thing at the end of the day, if I made money, you know, I was responsible for having made that money. If I lost money, it was because I screwed up. Um, and that was really cool. I really enjoyed trading and I was good at it. I was profitable throughout that phase of my career, but I started to see gender discrimination and straight-up misogyny that I hadn't been awake to prior to that time. So I experienced stuff, you know, like I was paid a 15% lower base salary than the, the guys that started at the same time I did, despite having a better educational background. And before this particular job, I had experience as a profitable trader that none but one of those guys had. So later on, when we got our bonuses, my bonus was bigger than the guys I started with because it was merit-based and I'd earned it. But it started to kind of like, um, I just started to think about why that was the case, why the systemic discrimination was baked into the system, and I started to think about how I could change that. So one night I was trading the European shift. It was like 3 in the morning. I'm sitting on the trading desk, and I came across an article in the New York Times about micro lending. So, you know, tiny loans, sometimes as small as $2, typically made to women in the developing world who are completely excluded by the financial system. They don't have any collateral. They are unable to get credit because of the way the system's set up. So they get these loans, and they guarantee one another in groups. And these women did incredible things with these loans and paid them back, like, nearly 99% of the time in most regions. So it was like a light bulb went off, and I thought, what if I made a film about this topic? I'd never made uh, even a film short before successfully, but I decided to make a feature documentary exploring this because it was something I was interested in seeing. And in terms of being an entrepreneur, it was just like, okay, I'm interested in this thing. I think other people might be interested in it too, so I'm just going to kind of take the leap and learn as I go and make it happen. So so that was what I did. I found a director of photography on Craigslist who worked on, like, Terms of Endearment wow. and Fargo and Groundhog Day. He was great. He was willing to – he could see how passionate I was, and he was willing to volunteer, essentially. And I just raised the money to cover his travel. So we shot in Paraguay and then in nine cities in India and then in Kenya and then in Detroit. 
And when we were filming in Kenya, this was like seven years ago. Um, some of the listeners may already be aware of this, but even then, seven years ago, 40% of Kenya's GDP was being sent through text message. And it was this kind of awesome, like, their tech had just leapfrogged other developed countries because they didn't have landlines. They didn't have the infrastructure to have landlines. And most of the population was unbanked. I believe the majority was unbanked. So as a result, they created this system that allowed people to, you know, receive money via text message. And it was this huge business. So I came back to the States and I was thinking there must be a way to, like, connect what's going on in places like Kenya, and Kenya was ahead of everywhere else, um, to source more capital for people like the women that I met who were doing so much with it and were so good at business, frankly, who were good entrepreneurs, if we plug that into other industries in the developed world. And uh, wow. and so around yeah. that time, yeah, like I'd heard So that, that sounds like you um, – no, I, I get it. And I see the transition, you know, as you – for you as an entrepreneur. And you're, you're extremely dynamic. I mean, to go from trading to kind of looking at, you know, trying to help with gender – you know, inequality in places as far as way as Kenya. I mean, I, obviously you have a passion. To, to making a featured film, I mean, that's, that's you know, these are all very difficult and different skill sets, some would argue. Um, let's talk, you know, for, for people, I, you know, a lot of people like to talk about success. They like to talk about all these, you know, different things. For me, I like to try to get to the root of maybe some other skills that have taught you how to deal with failure. Can you talk just a little bit about, um, you know, what the idea of failure is in trading. Because I feel like I have a background in that, but a lot of listeners don't. And I feel like that may have been a good proving ground to kind of condition you for, you know, taking losses, which many entrepreneurs do. Yeah, that's, I think, a really astute point. It's it's great practice for being a founder later on, a startup founder in particular, because you have to – you know, your numbers are right in front of you. Anyone else can see them as well. So you have to be really honest in order to survive um, about what you could have done differently, you know, if you had a day where you lost a lot. Um, it's sort of very humbling. It's, it's a little like being an athlete. And I know the trading firms I've worked at look to hire former athletes because there was correlation. It's just like it's performance-based and your numbers are out there in front of everyone. So you're not – Office politics don't come into play. It's like you're not – there's not really any bullshitting except for stuff like your base salary being lower if you're a woman. Like, shit like that was still there. But, yeah, it was – you you fail, like, many times a day. <laughs> you're just constantly seeing that, and so you become accustomed to it, and you understand it's not a big deal. And uh, And a lot of it is also sort of like managing panic, I would say, because sometimes you'll think you're right about a position – and it'll go way against you. And, you know, that's when people who are less experienced freak out and get out of the position. And it always comes back at least somewhat. So I love that. I love that. That, 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 I love that thought process and that metaphor, too. When you're in a position and, you know, some people freak out, you, that you could make that argument for business, right? You're in a business sure. going the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> some people freak out. Some stick with it a little longer. Sometimes it is really time to freak out. Sometimes it isn't. <laughs> no, no, I get it. How did you, how did you deal, how did you, how did you personally or how do you feel a good way to deal with that psychologically is? Hmm. Oh, I 
meditate a lot. I do a lot of Vipassana meditation. Uh, I think it's like anything, you know, you just sort of, it was sort of accepting it and understanding that it would pass, you know, nothing is permanent. So. Oh, I love it. No, I, I love it. That's yeah. really sound, it's really sound advice. One of my favorite things when things aren't going right, this too shall pass. I didn't, I didn't make it up. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it's the thing. But I think what, um, what, you know, for the people listening, so even though it may pass, there's one real big key here that Rachel's saying that I want to kind of, um, bring out, and that is that you have to accept what's actually happening. See, with trading, especially the way that um, Rachel is going about it, so this is, you know, it's hardcore. This is, you know, every day you have your profit and loss, uh, and you need, you're accountable, and, you know, you don't have, you can't BS. Like, so if you're, you know, out there in business, you know, a real good way, real good thing to do is take a real assessment of the situation, take a third-party look at it, and say, hey, where am I actually at? So, hey, those those are all great tips, Rachel. I love it. Um, let's talk a little bit more about what you're doing now. Um, yeah. So, I guess to continue the segue from before, you know, like after coming back from filming in Kenya, um, I wanted to find a way to source more capital for these women who are completely neglected by the traditional financial institutions, right? And Maybe this is familiar to some listeners, but, you know, like seven years ago, Farmville, that game, they did this campaign after the earthquake in Haiti in, I think, January of 2011, in which they sold digital gold or digital items within the game for, you know, a dollar or $2. And they let their users know that when they bought this $2 item that they could use to play in the game, that $2 would go to rebuilding schools in Haiti that had been destroyed. And what Farmville found was that doing this thing to make it really easy for somebody to, to contribute a couple of dollars to someone in need suddenly made people who never spent money in the game like 60% more likely to start spending. And once that seal was broken, they would keep on spending. So I wondered if there was a way to take what they had done and create a product that would work not only in, you know, a single game, but across all types of games, eventually all types of apps to source capital for people in need in the same way while also making the apps more money because we're inspiring more spending. So that's how Seeds, uh, the startup I'm working on now, came together. And, uh, yeah, it turns out it works extremely well. Um, making it possible for people to help others through apps happens to be the most effective way to get them to start spending in an app. So it's the most effective way for app owners to increase their business. Um, yeah, so that's that's what we do. And in addition to having this product that we give to app developers to help boost their business, we also created our own cryptocurrency. Um, I've been in the cryptocurrency space for a while since we went through a cryptocurrency startup accelerator in 2014 called Boost. And so with our cryptocurrency, anyone who has one can redeem the token and tell our system, you know, like, hey, I need $1,000 for my mortgage payment this month. Or, you know, the idea is it can be for anything legal. You can request help for anything legal. And once you've made that request, we show your request through the apps who are using our product, and their users can then contribute directly to you. And once, you know, your request has been met, or if it's a 60-day, we show it for a 60-day period, we'll then gift you what's been contributed. And, and that's it. There are no strings attached. You just receive it as a gift. 
So it's kind of like a distributed GoFundMe uh, through mobile phones. But, uh, I mean, my dream with this is, you know, what if you can use these tokens and ask for a college education, you know, and you get that? Wow. What if you can use it to ask for a house or, you know, to pay off any debt that you have? What if we could use these things to, you know, like so many people work jobs that they hate because they have to in order to survive and with the way the system's set up right now. What if you could use a token to ask for, you know, the money to survive for six months to work on a project that you're really passionate about? Like, you know, like I, I have my own, I have a job that I created for myself. And mm-hmm. as a result, it's, it's the most fitting job I think that could exist for me. You know, like it basically yeah. complements what I need to grow and it's helped me develop in so many ways. But I was lucky because I didn't have children to support or student loan debt to kind of lock me into working a job that I didn't like. And if hey, you create true. that opportunity, you know, like, yeah, no, that, I feel like that should be a fundamental right. No, yeah, I, I, uh, I see your heart. I see where you're heading in your direction. It sounds like you are quite determined. Um, what, where can people find you? Where can people find you if they want more information, if they want um, to reach out to you? Yeah, totally. Um, so the site to acquire tokens is seedstokens.com, S-E-E-D-S-T-O-K-E-N-S.com. If you want to get tokens, if you sign up there, we'll give you 10 tokens for free just for sharing your email. And follow us on Twitter at SeedsTweets, S-E-E-D-S-T-W-E-E-C-S. All right. Well, hey, Rachel, I really appreciate you coming on the show. I mean, giving us your background as, you know, into making a difference. Also, you know, as a trader, making a difference, um, creating, you know, a film, trying trying to really um, institute change in this world. I just think it's great, great entrepreneurial spirit. Appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you, Adam. All right. Oh, 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 oh,